All right, 2 Kings chapter number 2. We've preached here before, and the Lord has led me back here, and there's a lot I'm going to say today, and I, I want to tell you that I approach this today with humility. I approach it today in a spirit of love. I don't want you to get mad with your pastor, but I will tell you that um, I have to obey the Lord. I have to give you that that he's given me. And so if, if there's anything I say today that you would like to sit down and talk with me about because maybe you disagree, I want you to know I have wide enough shoulders, I'm a big enough person that I can sit down with you and we can talk about it, okay? And I will walk you through the word and I will show you how I've come to the opinion that I have, the belief that I have concerning some of the things that we will talk about today. I don't want you to get mad and say, I'm finding another church, okay? I want you to stay with me. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's fellowship. It might be we have to walk away and, dis and just agree to disagree. And if that's the case, I'll still love you. You still love me. But if we're brothers and sisters in the Lord, that's how God expects it to be. Amen? I'm not going to ignore your phone calls. I'm not going to hi-hat you when I pass you in the store or at Walmart. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, see, I believe in acting a little bit more like a man. And so I'm giving you my word in that today, okay? So I'm preparing myself that there may be some phone calls, text messages, emails. Now, what I will ask you to do, you get on Facebook and you blast it, then we're going to have a problem, okay? Because this ain't between me and you and Facebook. This is between me and you and the Lord if, you have, if there's a problem because I'm trying to be a shepherd today. I'm trying to be a watchman on the wall. I'm trying to bring, bring what I believe the Lord would have me bring in the spirit of love. That's all what it's all about, okay? And so today I'm asking you to open your heart up and just hear me out. Hear what the Lord would have for us to receive today. All right, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 15 is where we're going to start. And when the sons of the prophets... Brother Caleb, could you bring me down a little bit in the house and a little bit more in the front monitor, if you don't mind, because I'm going to bring the mic up a little bit. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold, now there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee. And seek thy master, lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up, and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not sin. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Sin. And they sent therefore fifty men, and they sought three days, but found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? The men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters, and there shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. And so the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. 
want you to look with me, verse 20. And he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. I want you to put a marker there. Go with me to Mark chapter number 9. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. That's where we're going to fully take our thought from today. Coming back to 2 Kings chapter 2. Chapter 9. We're going to read one verse here. Verse number 50. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Let's read it again. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another another. I want to come to you today for just a little while on the thought, and it's a question. Where are the salty ones? Where are the salty ones? Turn to your neighbor and ask them that question. Where are the salty ones? Ask them like this. Are you salty? <laughs> Let's ask him to help us. Holy Ghost, we cry out even now for the anointing that destroys every yoke to rest upon us in this moment. Lord, I give you all I am. I'm nothing without you. I ask you, Lord, to use me. I ask you to let me just be your mouthpiece today. God, I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let it come, let it settle in this room. I pray, God, that you will do what only you can, bring walls down today. I pray that scales will fall from eyes today. I pray that you'll breathe on us the fresh winds of Pentecost. I plead the blood of Jesus over this place, binding every devil of hell that would want to stop, Lord, what you desire to do today. Lord, I bind the enemy. According to your word, you've given us that authority. And Lord, we bind the enemy and we loose your presence, your power, your anointing here and now. I pray that you have your way. Open heaven over us. Pour your spirit out. We'll give you praise and glory and honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Before you're seated, ask three or four folks, are you salty? Are you salty? Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 2. I want you to go back there with me if you would and just for a little bit. I want us to talk about it if we can. This is a, a familiar passage. We've preached from here in the past couple of years before and dealt with this somewhat of this topic of, of the salt in the waters. I felt the Holy Spirit driving me back to this place, and I don't know that if there, there's ever been a greater time and a greater moment than the moment that we are in right now as the church that we need to hear 2 Kings chapter 2. See, the prophet Elisha, up to this point, he had been the 
the servant, if you would, the, the understudy of the prophet Elijah. He had been anointed to, to fill the shoes of Elijah when Elijah would leave this earth. Chapter 2 starts with Elijah telling Elisha, you stay here, I'm going to go over to this other place. And Elisha tells him, as the Lord lives, I'm, I'm not going to leave you, I'm staying with you. And it come to a place where Elijah said, all right, ask what I shall do for you. And Elijah said, give me a double portion of your spirit. Elijah says, well, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it's going to be done. But if you don't see me, it won't be. It was a challenging thing that Elisha would have to be fully committed in order to receive this that he had asked. He could not take his eyes off of the prophet Elijah. He could not leave the prophet Elijah's side. He, he had to be uh, fully committed. He had to be all, all in 100%. Can I tell you today what a problem is in a large majority of the church world today? It's those that sit on the chairs and on the pews week in and week out that are not all in. James said that a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. See, today the reality is a statement like I just made should cause us either to say amen or what? Oh me. There's no place, there's no room in our lives for instability. And instability comes from us being double-minded. See, today you can be a good churchgoer and still be double-minded. You can say amen. You can shout amen, hallelujah, clap, raise your, do it all and still be double-minded. Elijah could not afford Fausti to be double-minded. He had to be all in, fully committed. See, the reality is this. When you were in the world and you were living in sin, you were all in. You wouldn't go to church. You wouldn't darken the doors. Didn't read your Bible. Didn't do none of the why because you were all in living in the world. Why would we think for a moment that it should be different whenever we get saved and become a born again child of God? You can't straddle the fence. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. You'll love the one and hate the other. God is looking for some people today that will be all in a 100% what we used to call sold out for God. Now today as, as we read this passage, we find this story of Elisha that he had to be all in, had to be fully committed. Elijah's taken up. He sees him when he's taken up and his man, Elijah's mantle falls to the ground. And Elisha steps up, grabs this mantle, and the Bible says he smoked the waters of Jordan and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters parted. The Lord showed Elisha right then, if you'll just be willing to take up the mantle, I will show up and show myself strong and mighty. Elijah, Elisha here we find that he was left in Jericho and, and the men of Jericho saw Elisha and said the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. But the men of Jericho were, were concerned that Elijah had been taken up in this chariot of fire and they said, Elisha, let's go look for Elijah. Let's go, let's go search for Elijah. The Lord may have taken him up and dropped him over on some mountain somewhere 
But Elisha knew, no, though, uh, Elisha knew Elijah is gone. Elijah has been taken up into heaven. But they kept pressing him and kept pressing him until he was plumb ashamed, thank you, plumb ashamed to the point that he said, go look. And so the men go and they spend three days looking for Elijah. See, here is Elisha knowing the mantle is now on me. Here is Elisha knowing I am now filling the shoes of the prophet. Here is Elisha knowing that it's no longer up to Elijah. Elijah isn't here any longer, but those that were there were looking for Elijah. Can I tell you today, I thank God for the Charles Finneys and the Smith Wigglesworth. I thank God for the Monroe Lewises and Leon Parrishes and the Neil Pitts. I thank God for the Buford Whites and, and all these mighty men of valor, mighty men of God that have gone on before us. But friend, listen to me. They are no longer on this earth and there is a mantle that is fallen from them that God is looking for some people that will say, I will take up the mantle if he'll but let a double portion of the Holy Ghost rest on me. Here I am, a willing vessel. I will be used of God in these last days. I will take up the mantle. I know that today I've already got some of you kind of sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for a pastor to say something. We'll get there. Hang on. See, Elisha tarried in Jericho, and the interesting part of Jericho was that its name actually meant a fragrant place. It was close to the Jordan. It was a very fertile area. It was actually the first city conquered by the Israelites uh, as they were entering into the promised land. Matter of fact, verse 19 says that the city was, was pleasant. It, it was, it was a, a, a beautiful place. As a matter of fact, it says that its situation was pleasant, which means its location, the site of this city was, was very pleasant. It was beautiful. It was good. It was rich lands. It was valuable property. It was a perfect place for families to settle down and to settle in. But then the men said, as my Lord seeth, it looks good. It looks good. But death was actually in the heart of it. I want you to look there with me in this chapter, 2 Kings and understand today that things are not always as they appear. You can't judge a book, what? By its cover. How many of you know the devil can put on a three-piece suit and walk, walk right up in a church? And a lot of folks won't even know that's the devil. You can't judge a book by its cover. Things aren't always how they appear. Folks can dress up real nice walk up in a church service and yet there be death right up in the middle of them. Death in their hearts, death in their home, death in their families. And, and this is what, where the prophet Elisha was at. He was in a place that even though it looked pleasant, there was death. Hear me today, Holmes County, Bonifay, Westville, Ponce de Leon, Washington County, Chipley, Vernon, Walton County, Defudiac Springs, Freeport, Paxton, I want to tell you something. God better help us in this hour that we're living in because the devil is determined to poison the waters so death takes over in the land. Are you hearing me? The men declared the water is not. See, what was flowing through the city, the water was polluted, it was tainted, it was dirty, 
It was so bad that it was toxic and it was poison. The water was slowly killing the land. Nothing was flowing in that could provide and sustain life. It was a poisonous flow that was flowing in. See, this is the same way that we see in this day and in this hour that we're living in 2022 that there is a continual poisonous flow that is flowing into our communities and into our hearts and homes if we're not careful. Hear me today. It's an influence on society that is determined to bring death to men and to women. We can find it through many different means and ways such as our media, movies and television shows and even commercials today, music and internet and social media, a continual flow of toxic and poisonous waters. I know nobody wants to hear it today. I know some wish they could mute me like you do the TV at home, but I must declare it today that, friend, you better be careful what waters are flowing into your house, what are flowing into your home, what are flowing into your children bedrooms and on their phones. You better be careful because there are toxic waters that their, their, their purpose is to bring death and destruction unto lives. I know I'm thankful for our governor that recently signed into law declaring that all of this sexual orientation, orientation stuff cannot be taught in grades K through three. He said, we're leaving that for the parents. Come on, you ought to give the Lord a bigger hand than that. Amen. Disney World got all upset. I, I've warned you about Disney. I'm, we've deleted all of our stuff because I'm going to tell you, I don't see how in the world any longer we can support an organization that stood up against this had pickets and walking the streets, all the, the, the folks that are bound by that mess, walking the streets demanding that they're the, the higher-ups do something. Well, the higher-ups tried to do something, and so this past week, our governor signed into law something that strips Disney of their governing powers, and now they're going to be paying taxes. Now, if you're all in love with Cinderella, you may not like that, but can we say today that it was time for a righteous stand and thank God for a governor who had the backbone to stand and say you're not going to do it in our state. So I'm going to tell you we're living in a time and in an age and in an hour that the education system is great as we know we've got We've got people part of our congregation that are, that are in our education system. They're, they are the exception. They are the ones that are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and are trying. Because I'm going to tell you, how many of you know that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit in your life, Jesus is in your heart, you can just stand beside somebody. You ain't even got to say anything. They're going to feel something. They're going to know something's different about you. I know we got some teachers that wish you could open your mouth and you could say some things. And I, I, I get it. But I'm going to tell you what you can do. There's a lot of ways to love children. There's a lot of ways to show the love of God to them. And you ain't got to. Ah. 
But we've got an education system that has become atheistic and agnostic. And we, we find even teachers, and my baby girl is helping this morning in the children's ministry. But she's come home and told me a number of times about one of her teachers that said, don't you mention God in this classroom. Don't you bring God in this classroom. I'm trying to educate her where she knows that that cannot be said to her. That, and I'm trying to educate her where she can do it in a respectful way that she can speak up. She can't disrupt the class. She can't disrupt the instruction that's going on. But when they're in there just talking, I'll be if my daughter is going to sit there and keep her mouth shut about Jesus Christ that has saved her and washed her in his blood. I want her to be bold as a lion, respectful but bold. This week, that teacher told her that they all need to do yoga. They need to do yoga, some kind of meditation in the morning, and it'll get them rolling. And my daughter sat there, and she said under her breath, all she could say was Buddhism, Buddhism, Buddhism. I'm just glad she knows that if we're going to do any meditating, it's not going to be on yoga. Did you hear me? It's going to be on prayer in an altar, seeking Almighty God. God, help us. I know not everybody likes that and agrees with that, but when yoga's primary focus is for you to have an open mind. Why do you? It's not stretching to get flexible. It's not stretching to, to get healthy. It's to open your mind and sit there and do all your little hummings and all that mess. Can I tell you? Won't take long. If you'll just Google it, you'll find that's what the Buddhists do. You'll find that's what the Hindus do. And you'll find that the devil is, I know, I like how some of you are looking at me now. At the devil is right up in the middle of all of it and I've come to tell you I've come to tell you today God wants to get some folks to wise up and to realize and to understand that he's alive and well he's just looking for some people and I let him flow through them in these last days can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise that he's alive and well today amen My daughter, she came home and told me that this week. And in the midst of all of that, I said, baby, listen, you ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to try to say anything. You just, you just let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord be real in you and through you. Understand today that we're facing times even with the government that we've got liberals on every corner. We got liberals in the White House. We got liberals in, in the Capitol. We got liberals all over the place. And listen, I'm not concerned on whether or not you're Republican or a Democrat. What I'm concerned about is are you a Christian? And if you are a Christian, then you better vote according to this holy word of God. I don't care what your label is. You better vote how thus saith God. Are you hearing me today? Church, listen. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to let anything hinder what God's given me today. I'm sorry, and I don't, somebody that I don't know is not going to stand in here like that, okay? I just want you to know, not in this day and hour we're living in. Okay, if they want to come to this altar and get saved, I'm all for it. But I'm not going to allow anybody to do that. I can show you a video in Texas of a church that got shot up. And I'm just telling you, I, I'm sorry, our, our security team was on it. They were watching him. But I'm just telling you, so please love me through that. I, I, nobody's got a greater heart for souls than I do, okay? Nobody wants to see somebody saved any more than I do. But I'm not going to allow that. I just want you to know. So I, I pray you understand, and we're going to move forward in this message this morning. A poisonous flow. Churches that have become lukewarm, 
Churches that have become stagnant, churches that have become idle, churches that have become complacent. Are you hearing me? It's caused the ground to be barren. There's no crops, there's no fruit, there's no substance. And as a result, there's a death of a people. There's a death of the flocks and the herds and the church. There's death all around. The book of Lamentations chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, Behold, O Lord, for I am in distress. My bowels are troubled. Mine heart is turned within me, for I have grievously rebelled abroad. The sword bereaveth at home. There is death. God help us that in our homes there's life and not death. God help us that we don't allow the poisonous flow of hell itself to filter into our homes and we find our in a place that death is all around us. Hear, hear me now, that spiritual death is all around. We're living in a day and in an age that we're living in a pleasure-seeking society, that there's adultery, fornication, homosexuality, alcoholics, drug addicts, pornography addicts, money lovers, selfish, self-centered. It's all about me, 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 a pleasure-seeking society. Those that have more of a love for money than they do for God. That's what the word told us it would be. There would be those that would be deceived. They believe it's okay to do these things, but Paul told the church of Galatia to be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hear me today that it's been neglected for far too long. We've put up with the stink of these poisonous waters until we've started smelling like it ourselves. If we're not careful for far too long and today God's looking for some people that will say I'm sick and tired of seeing the death all around us I for one am going to be one that waters of life can flow from that waters of healing can flow from as Jesus Christ is alive inside of me I'm going to be a vessel that can bring healing and restoration unto this land you see, God always has a plan. Elisha had a plan, and he immediately put it into action. The Bible says he told the men, <clears throat> verse 20, and he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein, and they brought it to him, a new cruise. Would you just look at your neighbor tell him God has a plan? God has a plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11 Jeremiah said, this is the New Living Translation. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Say, God has a plan. See, Elisha's plan was bring me a new cruise. Why? Because an old one won't do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ooh, that means when we're saved and washed in the blood, we have become a new creature. Jesus dealt with it in Luke 5 and said, no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine, new wine will burst the bottles be spilled and the bottles perish but new wine must be put into new bottles and both are preserved he said bring me a new cruise Woo. how many of you remember when you got saved 
Do you remember when the Lord saved you and cleansed you and washed you and changed you? Anybody remember when you knelt down out of the altar and you got up a brand new man? What you once wanted, you didn't want anymore. What you once did, you didn't want to do anymore. You got up a brand new creation in the Lord. See, it's only Jesus Christ that makes us whole. Hear me today. Muhammad can't do it. Buddha can't do it. The government can't do it. The education system can't do it. Programs can't do it. But there is one whose name is Jesus that can take a dirty, rotten, rank sinner, wash them in his precious blood by faith, and they get up a brand new creature, brand new, and writes their name in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. Are there any new creatures in this place today that I testify and say, I'm new in Jesus. Hallelujah. Then he said, put salt therein. Put salt therein. Knowing the natural, it didn't make sense, did it? Put salt in it. We read the verse in Mark chapter 9. But in the book of Matthew, it says that you are the salt of the earth. If the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. That word savor, that's what I want you to ask yourself. Have I lost my savor? That word savor means strength. It means flavor. It's the power of the salt. You ever used salt before that just seemed like it, did, it, it wasn't any good? And you, no matter how much you salted, it just it, it never got the food salty. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That means it's lost its strength. It's lost its savor. For far too long, the church has been losing its savor, her savor. And if we're not careful, we will become good for nothing as well. God help us today that as a church, not just us, but the bride of Christ together as a whole, that the Lord send an anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us that we can be empowered for these last days. I want to get some musicians to come join me if they will. Give me some musicians up here. Oh, I know. I feel it. I sense it. We're going to push through it. Uh, we're going to push through it anyways. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise because of what he's about to do up in here today? Hallelujah. Woo! Almost find it just a tad bit comical. Glory to God. Amen. Salt of the earth. If salt has lost its savor, that power. You see, today, there's ever been a time, it's the moment we're living in, that we need a revival of the power of God in our lives again. I said we need a revival of the power of God in our lives again. I want every one of you to shout this two-letter word, no. Shout no. Now, I'm going to tell you what I come to find. For whatever reason, that little two-letter word is the hardest word for some folks to say. No. See, the devil is wanting folks to compromise but it's time God's people stand up and say no. It's time that we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts and our lives again. Are you hearing me? See, any savor that we have is in Jesus Christ. Religion will not change somebody. 
It's only relationship with Jesus that will change anybody. We need a revival today of Holy Ghost power that will cause Jesus to be magnified in our lives. You want to run the devil off from your home? Let Jesus be magnified. You want your marriage to be restored? Let Jesus be magnified. Are you hearing me? Not just one spouse, but both spouses magnifying Jesus. You watch that marriage be restored. The devil is fighting. He wants the waters toxic. He wants the waters poisoned but God's looking for some people today whether it be in your individual homes on your jobs in your schools in our communities at the courthouse in the voting booth that'll stand up and recognize God has called us to be the salt of the earth those that will stand for what's righteous and what's godly and what's holy in this evil world we need a revival of Holy Ghost power again I'm not talking about some religious junk, some religious routine. There's far too many folks that know how to have church. They'll come in and shout around an altar and go home and live like the devil. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about the true blue through and through. I'm talking about a move of God in our lives that we become so salty that everybody we get around gets thirsty for the living waters of Jesus. We become so salty that people that are dealing with the worst of situations, we become the seasoning of heaven in their lives that draws them to a place of surrender under the Lord. God, help us not to lose our savor. God, help us not to drink of the poison waters that is flowing in this society. God, help us to come apart and be separate, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians. God, help us. Zechariah 4 and 6, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, by my spirit. Uh, somebody say it's through Jesus. Come on. It's through the Spirit of God. First Corinthians, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Acts 5 and 42, speaking of the disciples daily in the temple and in every house. They cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Do you know why folks stay bound? Because pulpits have stopped preaching Jesus. Because pastors have been more concerned about the numbers in the pews rather than in the altars. Are you hearing me? Because folks have learned how to be religious and not free. Are you hearing me today? It's Jesus Christ that makes us free. See, we must do what Elisha did and cast the salt in the water. It wasn't time to stand on the bank in wishful thinking because if somebody didn't do something, somebody else was going to die. The flocks were dying, the herds were dying, the crops were dying, the people were dying. They called out on Elisha, representing that of Jesus. They called out on Elisha. said, I'm going to put some salt in these waters. Jesus came to fulfill all things. But he left the disciples with a great commission. Go, teach all nations. Go, be salt. Be salty. 
Don't be lukewarm. Don't be a chameleon Christian. You know what those are, right? Those that love to just blend in with our surroundings. Act like the world, talk like the world, think like the world, live like the world. That's not a Christian. That's a hypocrite. Do you know, more times than not, do you know the reason I've had folks tell me why they don't want to go to church? Why? Huh? It's hard, ain't it? I, I know that's hard to swallow, but that's the reality. And I'll tell you what I tell them. I'd rather go to church with a few of them than to hell with all of them. Amen? None of us in here are perfect. Not a one of us are perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. But there's a difference in being imperfect and living as a hypocrite. God's called us to be salty. Why did we do what we did yesterday? When there was a lot of us, we're just being honest, would have loved to have been on a river somewhere fishing. It was a perfect day for it. Why did we do what we did yesterday? I'll tell you why we did it. We were trying to be the salt of the earth. And we, even though all we were doing was, was, uh, was go fish and pick up ducks and horseshoe and cornhole and putt-putt golf and, and frog basketball and trash ball and all the that's to the natural eye that's all it looked like but you know what we were doing we were trying to give them Jesus we were trying to be the salt I don't know what they got everywhere else on that field, but when they walked over in our corner, we wanted them to start getting thirsty. We wasn't there to present cross point, cross point, cross point. No, we were there to show them the love of the Lord. Give them a smile. Let them feel the love of Jesus. Because if it's just a child that says, Granny, I want to go to that church on Sunday, that child could hold the key to mom and daddy getting saved. Just wanted to be sought just wanted to be sought it's not time to stand on the bank in wishful thinking it's time to do something if you want to change your situation add Jesus add Jesus we've got a referendum this week preacher you ain't supposed to preach on politics I don't know who told you that, but that ain't true. But I'm going to tell you something. Supposedly, this referendum is about growth. But I'm going to read you what the ballot says. The Holmes County Board of County Commissioners has called for the holding of a referendum election to decide whether intoxicating liquors, wines, or beer containing more than 6.243% of alcohol by volume may be sold by the drink for consumption on premises in Holmes County, Florida. That's what the ballot says. Now, I know I may lose some right here, and that's okay. Because, see, I've learned the only side is the right side. And the only right side is the Lord's side. And some would say, well, pastor, the Bible doesn't say anything about alcohol. The Bible doesn't speak against alcohol. The Bible, I don't know who told you that, but that's not true. Now, I I can show you scriptures, and and this morning I'm not going to be able to take the time to do all of it, 
But I can show you scriptures in Proverbs chapter 23 that basically is saying stay away from alcohol. We can walk through and look at the Nazarite vows and see where it was stay away from alcohol. We can look at John the Baptist who was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And the Bible says he neither touched wine nor strong drink. We can find that Jesus was from Nazareth. And the the argument comes up, well, Jesus turned water into wine. And that argument then becomes, well, the wine had to have been that of alcohol. And see, I have a problem with that because we can read in Scripture and find where it it was alcoholic and strong drinks that was what contributed to drunkenness. And it was that that caused debauchery. Now, hear me and understand. I find it hard to believe for one second that our Lord would have turned water into an alcoholic drink that would have caused people to have gotten drunk and lost their mind and ended up in some dirty, rotten, rank, sinful situation. You'll never convince me of that. But this is what I want you to understand. Why is it a debate? Why are we arguing over this? If you've got to ask, is it a sin, is it not a sin, you know what you ought to do? Stay away from it. The Bible says for us to abstain from the very appearance of evil. And it's, it's all confusing, Pastor. I just don't. Is it right? Is it wrong? Well, let me tell you what else the Bible says. The Holy Ghost is not the author of confusion. God's, look, look here. There's far too many that call themselves sipping saints. And I'm going to tell you, you want to really know what's wrong, why you're living like you're living, why you can't get the victory? Maybe you need to go dump those bottles out at the house. Maybe you need to throw them away out of the refrigerator. The Lord's looking for some folks that will fully surrender and sell out unto him and not be halfway because halfway in is fully headed to hell. Understand today, I know it ain't a popular message, but I must declare it today. Because I'm going to tell you this read about pastors that are standing up against it, and I'm thankful for it, but I'm going to tell you, I've, read, I've heard of others that are named the name of Christ that are for it, vocally for it. But I'm just going to say this much, and I won't call any names, but you can find the paper yourself. And this might be something that I, I'm not going to call any names, so I don't see how it could, but I'm going to tell you this much. An atheist is quoted in the newspaper as for this referendum. So my question is, how in the world can any of us who are God-fearing people stand on the side that even an atheist is pushing? But it's about growth, Pastor, and if, we, if it's not voted in, then we're not going to grow. Let me tell you, what kind of growth are we after? Because for me, I'm after spiritual growth. I'm after revival. Now, I, 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 I can go eat at a restaurant anywhere, or I can stay home and eat at my house. But what that will open this place up unto, God help us. God help us. God help us. We need a revival in the land again today, and God's people have got to learn to stand up and be the salt of the earth again. Told you Wednesday night, I know there's been votes that's been held in our county that has held our county back from growth, tax referendums and things like that. 
The folks that voted no on that, most of them were A, either uninformed, or B, they didn't want their business to be shut down or the business of a family to be shut down. So I I, I can't be critical of any of them, but I'm going to tell you, God help us. The Lord tarries, and we look down, we look back to this point 20 years from now that we as God's people didn't do all we could do. I know not everybody in here lives in Holmes County, but we didn't do all we could do to stand up against it, at least by voting no. Because this is what I want you to understand. Pastor, you can't tell me how to vote. I'm not telling you how to vote, but I am telling you this much. We better get on our face. Actually, let me just say it, because I don't even see how we even got to pray about this thing. I don't even see how, well, I got to fast and pray and see what the Lord, are you for real? Can we just look at families that have been destroyed? Can we look at lives that have been lost? Can we look at all these statistics and everything else that's going on and ask ourselves, do we really want to open our community up to this even more so? Preacher, we won't grow. Okay. I'm okay with that. Because all the talk is about restaurants. And even the paper says it's not about adding more bars to the county. That's hogwash. We can go to a neighboring county that just passed this referendum and there's already a brewery open in downtown. Listen to me. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this this morning, but I'm not going to be some yellow belly preacher that can't get up here and tell you the truth. Got folks in this place that have been delivered from that. been set free by the blood of Jesus. Well, Pastor, I just don't think our vote's going to make the difference. You know what? All we can do is put that in the hands of the Lord. Going to get us talked about, going to get us ridiculed. I'm sure if this video gets played to different folks, I'm sure that I might get a phone call. I've, I've already given my email address out many a times, but I'll give it again. You can send it to Pastor Michael at idontcare.com and we'll see if I get it but this is the reality God's not called us to blend in He's called us to stand up and be separate we have the answer listen I was pushed and there's nobody that wants growth any more than me because believe you me I've been trying and trying and trying for this community Growth that would interpret to million-dollar purchases in this community that would bless my family and in turn would bless the church. I, I, look, I've been pushing, been trying. But when I was told, well, you need to let them know about, about the, the, the community's uh, stand on alcohol, the ordinance that's already in place. And I'm going to tell you, I had to back up and say, Mm-mm. I'm not. that's not going to be my sales pitch. That's not going to be how I get somebody in here. And if I lose them because of that, then I lose them. But I refuse to let that be the ground I stand on. 
So I'm not telling you something that it may have cost me already financially as far as, as the world sees it, but not how the Lord sees it. Matter of fact, ever since I made that stand, it's like the floodgates are open. I've got more than I know what to do with. God is sending it from every single angle. And I believe if God's people make that kind of stand, that's just one example. See, the waters, when the salt was thrown in, the waters were healed. Not halfway healed, but the Bible says they were healed unto this day, Brother BJ. From that point forward. That word healed in the Hebrew is rapha. And it's to heal of hurts, personal distresses, defects, cured, repaired, mended. How many of you believe the Lord can use you to make a difference in somebody else? You know, there are folks that you see every day or you come in contact with that may never want to step in a church or even an old gym. But how many of you know you can take Jesus to them? When our, one of our brothers shared with me day before yesterday about a friend of his that was in the hospital. He just felt like he needed to go pray for him. The friend's like, oh, you ain't got to come. I know I don't have to is what he said, but I'm coming. And him and his wife went up there and started praying for that man, and the Holy Ghost got to moving in that room. Power of God got to moving. They was telling this man he had an awful, potentially an awful something wrong with him, health problem. He come home in just a couple of days. But that brother, God used him in that moment, didn't he, Brother Philip? Because he said, I'm going to be salt. Sitting at Tasty Freeze, Fausty, being salt. Working on somebody's transmission, Brother Sean, being salt. Are you hearing me? Clearing somebody's driveway out, Brother Marshall. Being salt. Building somebody a house, Brother Clint. Being salt. Putting an IV in for somebody, Sister Denise, Sister Hannah, Sister Leanne. All them names together mess me up for a second. I know your name. Are you hearing me? Be salt. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be salt. Be somebody that's salty. You're not weak. You're salty. And Carolyn, you're salty. I don't know why, but the Lord's let me run across two of your grandsons this past week. And I've been inviting them to church. And one of them that's fixing to have a baby is two of them. Well, not him, but I mean, be salty. Name it. One of them, baby's being named after Uncle Grady. Be salty wherever you go. When you're out on the town with your sisters, be salty. <coughs> when you're working a case, be salty. 
Are you hearing me? When you're pouring into young adults, be salty. Whatever you do and wherever you are in this life, there are toxic waters that are flowing. There are poisonous waters that are flowing. And God's looking for folks to be salty. Leading teachers, pouring into children, Sister Holly, be salty. Working on a construction site around all those guys that need Jesus. Be salty. Are you hearing me? Be salty, Greg. (laughs) Working on them scales. Be salty. Working with family after family. Be salty. Keeping the state attorney straight. Be salty. Need I go on? Are you following me? Be salty. Installing swimming pools. Be salty. Cleaning condos. Be salty. Playing basketball on the court. Be salty. Working in the school. Be salty. Are you hearing me? Do you run heavy machinery? That's what I thought. Running heavy machinery. Moving dirt. Be salty. Every last one of us in this place, there's an area that God has put us working at the, in the ER. Be salty. Patching people up. Be salty. In your home, with your family, with your wife and your children, be salty. Where are the salty ones working with the Orlando folks in banking be salty working with your daddy Hayden be salty (laughs) and I could keep going but y'all understand We need revival. You need revival in your home, in your heart, in your life. We need revival in our community. We need revival. There's some of you in here. You know, I preached a message not long after we, or right before we launched, about masks. Take off the mask. Listen, there's some of you in here. I'm just going to be honest. You've got a mask on. And you're making it look like you're okay and like your, your family's okay and your marriage is okay when the truth is there's death. Take the mask off and get real with the Lord and let Him bring healing to you today. Mama Judy, keep being salt, sister. The Lord wants you to be a salt Shaker, come on. I'm just a salt shaker. <laughs> Woo, Zach, I came in here just to shake a little salt. Buddy, be salty. I love your heart for the Lord. You're tender. Stay that way. Come on, stand with me.